Hey everybody, it's Matt Shu from Upright Health and welcome back to the Upright Health Podcast. In today's episode, we are going to be talking about PRP injections. These magical injections of platelet-rich plasma are supposed to heal your muscle and tendon injuries. They are supposed to help you with arthritis. But what is the reality of the research around PRP injections? Today, we're going to talk about it. All right, so let's get into PRP injections. If you wanna read about the research that we're gonna talk about in this podcast, there will be a link to an article that we put up uh, recently on PRP injections, so you can check out the uh, research for yourself. So first, let's talk about PRP injections. What are they? Basically, they are when you take blood out of your body, put them into centrifuge, spin that blood around, and then you try to do things that basically increase the number of platelets in the, uh, the little vial that you have, and then you take that and you inject it back into the part of your body that hurts. Now, why is this supposed to work? Well, supposedly platelets are part of the healing process, right? So like if you get cut, you have an open wound, Platelets rush to the area, they flood the area, scab over, and your body heals. So there is some vague notion that I'm not entirely clear on that this is supposed to help you when you have pain in, say, a muscle, like maybe you've strained it, you've got tendonitis, um, you've injured a ligament, what have you. It's supposed to help you heal faster. This sounds great, especially when doctors are saying that this works. Now, if you've listened to this podcast, you've watched any of our videos, or you've read any of our articles, you've probably um, realized that there are a lot of medical treatments out there that don't stand the test of time because they're basically sold to the public without any rigorous testing beforehand. And really all the testing happens on the public. So people are getting these treatments without really knowing what they're getting into. So PRP injections, they've been around for, I, I would estimate, at least a decade at this point. We've had clients ask us about them. We've had people who wanted to work with us ask about PRP injections. I know I've dealt with clients who were constantly asking me whether they should do PRP injections. So all this finally made me want to research PRP injections. My gut answer has always been, why would you want to jam a needle into your body to make it feel better? I mean unless you're gonna inject something like really strong, like, I don't know, heroin or an opiate. Uh, it just seems like if you think something is damaged, stabbing it is probably not going to make it less damaged. So let's really dive into some of the relevant research here on PRP injections. When you're looking at uh, PRP injections, if somebody's suggesting them for you, they're, they're usually suggesting them to you for one of two reasons. The first reason is for a muscle or soft tissue issue, um, and the other reason is for something like arthritis. So let's talk first about the muscle and soft tissue issues. Basically, if you have pain in a muscle, tendon, or ligament, doctors sometimes suggest that that's 
due to damage in the soft tissue itself? That's already a questionable proposition, as you've probably seen from a lot of research. Just because something hurts does not mean it's damaged. It's just, there's, it's just not a connection. There is no correlation there, a very weak correlation there. It sounds good though, so a lot of times doctors will say it. So the implications here, um, let's say you have like a real traumatic tear of like an ACL or something and you wanna try to recover quicker. Maybe you ruptured your, um, your Achilles tendon or maybe you tore your hamstring. Maybe if PRP works, maybe it'll help you heal faster and that'd be awesome. Now, unfortunately, the science on that isn't that great. So there was a review on PRP studies um, by the Cochrane Review. Cochrane Review is um, a very well-respected independent group that likes to look at medical research and figure out what's the reality of different things based on the research. So they looked at um, they looked at PRP injections in 2014. And quick summary is that for individual clinical conditions, there is currently insufficient evidence to support the use of platelet-rich platelet therapies for treating musculoskeletal soft tissue injuries. Basically, it doesn't really look like it works that well. And then there was a more recent uh, review here in 2017 that looked at um, PRP for a bunch of different uh, conditions, soft tissue conditions. And if you wanna look at it again, the, the link is gonna be in the, uh, not the description box, but the, uh, the podcast show notes. Uh, but basically it concluded that PRP may provide some benefit in patients who have knee osteoarthritis and lateral epicondylitis. So like tennis elbow, golfer's elbow, whatever. On the other hand, the evidence appears to be inconsistent or displaying a minimal benefit for PRP usage in rotator cuff repair, patellar and Achilles tendinopathies, hamstring injuries, ACL repair, and medial epicondylitis, right? So basically they're saying, for the most part, it looks like for soft tissue stuff, this really isn't helping that much. It doesn't seem to be doing anything. There's maybe a minimal benefit, but there's also inconsistent results with all, the, all, all these PRP treatments. Now, basically that means based on the evidence as of 2017, PRP just doesn't seem to be that useful for fixing pain that comes from alleged soft tissue damage, which again, pain in a muscle does not mean it's damaged. I cannot stress that enough, but that is the myth that underlies all this PRP stuff and other injections. So um, that's what they're saying here. So the big thing that you might be thinking is, well, Matt, they just said that it might provide some benefit to people who have knee osteoarthritis and lateral epicondylitis, okay? I'm gonna leave lateral epicondylitis alone. I, we're not gonna go too deep into the weeds on that, but let's just notice that for medial epicondylitis and for all the other soft tissue issues, PRP just did not uh, perform, right? So on lateral epicondylitis, we'd have to dive into it, but if there's only one study that showed some modest benefit, that's not enough evidence in my mind to say that, oh yeah, it's really good for that, when for all these other soft tissue uh, issues, it's not working, right? There's nothing in my mind that's special about your lateral elbow versus your medial elbow and the tissues there. They're all still soft tissues. So let's talk about the arthritis. So 
there seems to be some benefit that PRP might be helpful for knee arthritis. They actually did a study in 2013 that looked at PRP for knee osteoarthritis and they compared the PRP injections to placebo saline injections. Okay, so um, they did PRP needle into your knee versus a needle of salt water basically into your knee and compared the results. I would suggest that it would also be a good idea to basically not even do an injection, right? Just kind of poke somebody, but not even jam anything into their knee. But I am not in charge of the research. Um, so when they did this, they found that there were positive results for the people who had the PRP injections. They, they actually did seem to do better than the people who had the saline injections. But they also found that the positive results started to diminish at the six-month follow-up. And unsurprisingly, the study doesn't really follow up beyond six months. So there's actually no data about how those patients did in the long term. That's a big issue. So if you've, again, listened to some of the other stuff that we've talked about on this podcast or heard me rail about this on video, you can't just trust that a new orthopedic treatment works because a short-term study says that it was good or better than something else. Basically what happens is someone introduces a treatment to the market and then there are no high quality studies for a while and then it becomes sort of a standard practice. You can't find any long-term studies to demonstrate lasting benefit and when they finally do the high quality long-term studies, the treatment is already super popular and then everyone believes that it works even if the research shows that it doesn't. So one of the classic, classic examples of this is knee meniscus surgery. Um, it is still one of the most, I believe it is the most popular arthroscopic surgery in the United States, the most commonly performed, even though research has shown multiple times that surgery to repair or fix a meniscus for knee pain basically is as effective within one or two percentage points as a fake knee surgery. And there have been other studies that show that, hey, you know, that treatment that we used to do for knee meniscus surgery where we used to remove the damaged meniscus actually made people's knees probably worse. Those types of things are put on patients, right? They're actually practiced on patients before they figure out, oops, that made people worse. So if you're gonna be the guinea pig for something new, you should recognize that you are actually taking an unknown level of risk, but historically a level of risk that is definitely not zero. So in any case, uh, when we're thinking about uh, knee osteoarthritis, there's an even larger question that we need to address when we're thinking about PRP for arthritis. And that is something we've talked about before. And that is whether or not the arthritis idea even makes sense. Okay, so um, we've talked about this on the podcast before. We've had at least one video about this. Especially with knee osteoarthritis, this is really clear and obvious. The x-rays that show arthritis in an in somebody's knee have basically no relationship to the actual function and pain levels of the knee. So when you take thousands of people and look at their knees, they can be horrible, 
horrible level four osteoarthritis, bone on bone knee osteoarthritis, and have absolutely no symptoms. They'll still have perfectly functioning knees. They won't have pain, but the x-ray says they have knee osteoarthritis. Conversely, you could have pain in your knee and have, you know, mild, moderate, or, you know, no signs of arthritis in your knee. Okay, so when you have a situation like that, what you need to realize is that the images in the x-ray are not related to your experience of pain, which means also that you have a very questionable lens that you're looking at knee pain if you're using this classic conventional definition of osteoarthritis. Right, so that the classic conventional medical understanding of knee pain is, well, if you have bones rubbing on bones, that's what's causing your pain, right? That's arthritis. Things are degenerating. That degenerating and damage is what's causing your pain. But the x-rays that show massive, terrible arthritis have no link, no correlation to the actual experience of pain or immobility. So that already completely undermines that theory. But doctors still use this theory. It clear, clearly doesn't make sense, but they still use this theory. This is the same thing that they'll say to people when they have knee pain. They'll say, well, you're 55 years old, you're getting arthritis in your knee, you should probably stop running, stop walking so much, because that's just going to make it worse, right? Um, I, I've had people tell me Oh yeah, my doctor said I had knee arthritis, but all I had to do was stretch and my knee feels better. Right? Like that's it's it's a very obvious problem with the theory um, that is just completely unacknowledged uh, when you talk to physicians, unfortunately. You know, in asymptomatic adults under age 40, 4 to 14% show signs of knee osteoarthritis. In the population over 40, 19 to 43% show signs of knee osteoarthritis despite not having symptoms of knee osteoarthritis. Okay, so it's, it's, it's just a silly theory when you start looking at the evidence, right? It's, it's a variable that apparently has no consequence on the experience of knee pain, right? If you think the, the actual degeneration in an x-ray has something to do with the pain, then you should be able to see that link pretty clearly, but it doesn't have that clear link. Um, we have a breakdown of this on, on the article on PRP injections on a website that you can take a look at. It just uh, shows you some nice little charts that just make it really easy to conceptualize here. The main takeaway is arthritis, knee pain, knee pain from arthritis, really questionable theory. And if that's the case, the whole idea of treating knee osteoarthritis and knee pain with PRP injections becomes even more questionable. Because the idea with the PRP injections is that you're trying to heal the cartilage, or you're trying to make the bone regenerate, or you're trying to make the things that are damaged in there be less damaged so it can heal because somehow the platelets are going to do that. But if the damage that you see is not related to the pain that you experience, why would you be treating the damage? Again, the damage has no link. 
So why are you going to try to fix the damage? Right? That's like saying, well, everybody who has knee pain has 10 fingers. So to fix their knee pain, we're going to cut off their 10th finger, right? It, it doesn't make sense. It's like, well, we've got 1 million people here. They all have, they all have knee pain. We have 100 people here who don't have knee pain and they all have black hair. So maybe if we change this million people, this group of a million people and change their hair color to black, maybe that'll fix their knee pain. Like the, the correlations make absolutely no sense when you're looking at um, the whole arthritis story. So when you then start saying, well, we're gonna treat the damage, this damage that has nothing to do with your experience of pain, you're literally wasting time in just needlessly stabbing a needle into somebody's knee. <clears throat> so very important to understand that not only is there very limited evidence that the PRP injections help with knee osteoarthritis, there's even less evidence that the osteoarthritis is even a thing that needs to be treated. Yes, pain and immobility need to be addressed. Yes, your body needs to move more and feel right and feel good. But you need to address the actual issue, right? You have to address the things that are responsible for moving and articulating the knee joint. It's muscles that are responsible. So when you start looking at studies, you realize, you know, for every major body part, body section, every region of the body, the historical trend has been, say for the back, oh, your back hurts, it's because of arthritis, don't move it. And then over time, as research comes out and they realize that surgery is not the right answer, um, the answer starts going less and less invasive until eventually it's, oh, you should exercise. And it's a vague recommendation of exercise because uh, frankly, most doctors don't have the time or even the education on muscle anatomy to know how to tell you what to do, right? And for, for every individual, it can vary so greatly. It's actually, in my opinion, unreasonable to expect doctors to know what to tell you to do when you have something that hurts. They usually have 10 minutes max, 15 minutes at most to help you figure stuff out. And, um, you know, they're generally, from what I've read from um, books written by uh, orthopedic surgeons and written by physicians, the muscle anatomy portion of medical education is getting smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller and, and like actually understanding how that muscle anatomy plays into somebody's pain and discomfort is not covered at all. That is just not a thing. So um, when you go to a doctor, they're going to give you the line that they've been told, which is if it hurts, it's damaged. If it's damaged, you need to fix it somehow. And that means whatever, surgery, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, or, you know, shots, whatever it is, you know, eventually over time when, when they start realizing, Hey, you know, these invasive things don't work, then it all ends up going back to, Oh, maybe you should be moving it. So let's talk about some closing ideas here. Let's recap for soft tissue issues, muscle tendon ligament PRP injections do not appear to have any consistent benefit, minimal at best based on the research reviews. And as far as knee arthritis goes, it's supposed to be maybe 
modestly helpful for some limited period of time. Nobody knows how long the benefit lasts since nobody has looked at it longer than six months. And uh, it's based on a completely faulty understanding of knee pain. So do we generally suggest that our clients get PRP injections? In the end, it's your choice, but the evidence seems to be pretty clear that this is not a solution that makes sense in the long run. And until anyone comes up with some long-term studies and long-term evidence, it just seems like a big waste of time that just delays your learning how to move your body correctly. Now, moving your body well is not always easy, especially given our modern lives and what we do with our bodies on a regular repetitive basis. But when you start to understand what your body needs to feel good, you are in the driver's seat. You get to take control. You get to help yourself feel better. And that is ultimately what is the most important piece of the process. Your body only works if you treat it well. If you treat it poorly, it will treat you poorly and it will tell you, hey, knock it off. All right. So take responsibility, take control, learn how to move your body and move it well. In the show notes, you're going to find um, some helpful links for um, <clears throat> the written article on PRP injections. And you're also going to find um, a link to um, a helpful video in case you have knee arthritis. Um, and hopefully you find all of that super helpful. Um, also be sure to check out our do-it-yourself programs at uprighthealth.com DIY. We should have a knee program coming out sometime here in 2019. Uh, for those of you who are interested, of course, we have our hip programs and shoulder programs to help you think right, move right, and feel right. And if you haven't already, be sure to subscribe here on whatever avenue you're listening on, whether you're on Stitcher or Spotify or you're on iTunes, um, if you're on YouTube, wherever you are, we're all over the place. So be sure to keep up with us, keep track of us, and I hope you always remember that pain sucks. Life shouldn't. 